It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Raptors is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it here. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Oh, because like, when I shot it, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 877 of Locked On Raptors for uh, late on a Tuesday, February the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure that you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a ton of great stuff for you from our NFL shows leading up to the Super Bowl to our NHL shows covering uh, all of the wonderful hockey that's going on right now and all of our team-focused NBA shows. Basically, if there's a sport and a team, uh, we have something covering it in North America. So please go subscribe, rate, and review. It is very, very much appreciated. All right. On today's show... Fred Van Vliet is today's show. What the hell else? There's nothing else to talk about. Fred Van Vliet scores 54 points, setting a franchise record against the Orlando Magic as the Raptors win 123-108 over the Magic, a second straight win over the very, very depressing Magic. And look, I wasn't really planning on doing a podcast tonight. I was going to go to bed on account of me waking up for early morning radio and having gone cross-country skiing today in Burnie, but Fred Van Vliet has reinvigorated me. And we are going to talk all about it with a returning guest. You hear that grunt. It is our pal, Vivek Jacob, who I've enlisted once again just because he was available late at night on short notice because he's a king. Vivek, what's going on, buddy? I am a freelancer, so I am always available, Sean. You don't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) I am always available to pick up work. Uh, This is why you're big CBC. This is why you're big complex. (laughs) This is why you're working everywhere. This is the availability. It's the best ability. (laughs) It's true. That is pretty much the best skill I offer. Um, (laughs) What a night for Fred, man. He's got a lot more skill than I do. Perfect from the free throw line. 11 of 14 from three. 
it's crazy. You know, you didn't feel like, even with the way he was shooting the ball, I know Nick Nurse after the game was saying that you could feel it after the first couple of shots. I feel like Fred's threes, a lot of the times they do look so pretty and it's always like that perfect swish. Mm-hmm. But you just feel like with the way the offense is set up, you wouldn't pick any of these guys to go off for 50, right? And then Yeah, it's like an insanely sudden, egalitarian team. That's like their whole yeah. thing. So everybody averages sudden, 18 points. <laughs> he's got like 30, then he's up to 40. And then, and then obviously at that point, it's like, okay, come on. Just keep chucking mm-hmm. them up. Every, every shot that Norm or Kyle or anyone else is putting up, you're like, hey, what's going on here, Nick? Run it and play for Fred. <laughs> yeah, I was getting real frustrated late in this game as uh, Aaron Baines was taking wide open threes, or DeAndre Bembry was like passing up passes to the corner for Fred as he uh, <laughs> had a chance to not only set the Raptors franchise record for points, which we should reiterate, he is now the all time leader for points at a game among Toronto Raptors. It's ridiculous. He passes DeMar DeRozan, who, look, I love DeMar DeRozan. The 52 came in overtime. It was a fake record. The actual record was Terrence Ross and Vince Carter. Look, this is no shade against DeMar DeRozan. This is just understanding he had five extra minutes to do it. Fred Van Vliet, however, leaves no question as to who is actually the record holder now. 54 points in regulation. As you said, 17 to 23, 11 to 14 from three. Uh, he had three blocks in this game somehow, even though he's uh, like shorter than I am. So <laughs> good for him there too, I guess. Like it, just, it was just a remarkable performance. Three steals too. Um, I, I, I just, it's a lovely. I made this point in the little lockdown reaction video I did tonight to talk about the game. I, I like. It's such a wonderful culmination of a remarkable career. Obviously, it's not over by any means. He doesn't retire, although he could, and I wouldn't begrudge him for that after this. But to sort of look back at what's happened over the last four and a half years since he started playing for the Raptors from like G League champion and bit rotation piece to member of the bench mob to critical part of a championship team to now one of the best players on a team that should be a lot better than the 9-12 and record they have, and hopefully this kind of turned things around. The, the morale seemed quite high in the locker room after the game as they showered him in water. Um, no champagne, I guess. It's uh, it, middle of the season. I don't know. I guess it's not the, the, the... You don't have champagne on tap, I guess, ready to go <laughs> for a random game against the Magic of, of all teams. But yeah, it just, uh, for me, really, really satisfying to watch Fred have a game like that. You know, there's been so much work to go into it. Obviously, there's been the up and downs. There was the concern, is he going to leave in the off season? He comes back, vindicates it all. And I don't know about you, man, but I was thinking about this today a little bit before the game, and now I'm thinking about it a lot. You know, I got asked a question on Twitter by Josh Lloyd, the host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, who the best player on the Raptors is. I don't think it's Fred Van Vliet. I think Fred Van Vliet is fantastic, and I will get to him in a sec. I think it's still Kyle Lowry. I think Pascal's the most important for the ceiling of the team. But I think if you're talking about All-Star, which everyone's talking about All-Star now because we're only 20 games into the season and it's a shortened season, and apparently an All-Star game is happening, which is a whole other story and a whole other podcast that I can yell on uh, about later. But I think if you're looking at the Raptors, Fred's probably the front runner in terms of potential All-Stars at this point. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as you with that. When you look at his game, I think he has that type of all-star bat because of the crossover, because of those, you know, he he doesn't shoot a great percentage at the rim, but when he does, it looks pretty awesome, right? He's always got mm-hmm. those 
and one finishes. And then, you know, obviously he's built a name for himself. Like you said, the story itself is incredible. I mean, I remember, like, that was the first time I covered a team, that Raptors 905 championship season. And so mm-hmm. to be there watching Fred do his thing, Pascal, and to see both of them go from that to where they are now, it's beautiful. And for Fred, this is his night, even though Kyle Lowry had a triple-double. Uh, <laughs> Just hilarious. <I> think... <laughs> <laughs> Just sneak that in there. Um, yeah, Fred, his shooting... Obviously, I think, you know, when he gets on those hot streaks, it's there's nothing anyone can do. We saw that against the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years ago. We saw that in the NBA Finals against the Warriors. He get, he gets into those zones and there's literally nothing you can do, which is remarkable to say about a guy uh, six feet tall, just mm-hmm. about. Uh, I'll be nice today because he did have 54. Um <laughs> The three blocks. I thought he had an interesting comment about that, uh, where oh, yeah. he was saying that if the NBA actually credited them as steals, because he, he, they're giving him blocks for plays where he's actually stripping them on the way up. Right. And so uh, he's like, if he actually got them as steals, because he's right there uh, among the league leaders in the steals category, he'd clearly be the leader there. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's second on the Raptors in blocks, so <laughs> I guess you could take that too. It's pretty cool for a dude of his stature to be racking up blocks. I don't know why, you know, I think it's fun to have both because he could probably lead the league in steals anyway and still have all these blocks. <laughs> he's that ridiculous. I mean, that was the thing about this game is, like, the offense was incredible, but the defense was, like, equally ridiculous. And the strips he had, the loose balls that he was picking up, like, just the the absolute demon work he was doing anytime a magic player tried to drive near him it was beautiful to see it just uh top to bottom i mean pretty clearly the best game fred van vliet's ever played and i look forward to many more like this maybe the magic are not so bad to watch after all because they allow for cool things like that to happen and he can Um, play defense he can play defense at that level because the game came easy right everything was within the flow of the offense it's not like they're saying hey we're just gonna get a high volume of Fred and to get his usage up like crazy. And now he's feeling the burden of that. The shots came nice and easy within the flow of the offense. 54 points on 23 field goal attempts. I mean, it's nuts. It's, it's nuts. insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, we are going to continue on talking about Fred Van Vliet's big ass night and uh, a few other things from this one for the Raptors. Of course, they moved to nine and 12. They inch closer back to 500. They, pad their stats a little bit against the magic which is what you should do against the magic we'll get into all that in just a sec here but first i want to tell everybody of our friends over at betonline.ag the best place for you to throw your money down when you are wagering on sports sign up for a free account right now at betonline.ag use the promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus and there's lots of stuff you can throw your money on including uh is fred van vliet going to score seven thousand points in the next game i don't know if that's actually a prop bet but it might be um but you can also bet on just regular raptors games if you want to you can bet on the nhl you can bet on baseball futures all that good stuff go and sign up over at betonline.ag today don't sit on the sidelines anymore and get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, uh, just a heads up on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, I was actually, before things happened this night, I was going to do a quick recap of the Magic game and then drop in a conversation I had with Chris Manning and Evan Damerill of Locked On Cavs as mm. we piece together an Andre Drummond to the Raptors trade. Uh, that's not going to be on today's podcast. Now that'll be on a piece of tomorrow's podcast. Uh, figure out what I'm going to do to compliment that, but that is what to expect on at least uh, the final segment or two of the podcast on Wednesday, so keep an eye out. Uh, but in the meantime, let's keep talking about Fred, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's really like you. I think you made the really good point that it all came within the offense, and I just I'm baffled at the Magic's inability to guard him and like give any sort of issue to the offense. I do think though. A lot of credit in this one goes to Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry for really making it work and kind of giving Fred the space he needed to do what he did. I mean, I think Aaron Baines deserves some credit, too. He set some monster screens that really freed him open, especially on the first three made of the game after the Raptors were down 11 nothing to start this one. Um, but I thought after Pascal scored 32, or was it 34? He scored a lot of points on the Magic in the first game of the, of the home-and-home. The Magic very clearly honed in on him. They were sending extra bodies his way. And Pascal did a really good job of passing out of it. I think he probably assisted three or four of the threes from Fred, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at least mm-hmm. a couple for sure. And Kyle, of course, was, uh, by the end of the game, just full-on brazenly hunting assists for Fred. And it was beautiful to see. Uh, it's just I think he assisted like the last three or four, just like, all right, uh, you go. And then again, the Magic just like refusing to guard Fred as he sprung free on cuts in the middle of the lane with literally no resistance. So uh, I'm sure Steve Clifford's not going to enjoy that. But what did you think of the way the Raptors played in this one in order to allow Fred Van Vliet to have the night he did? So I think Fred made a really big point when he was asked about, oh, were you mad when DeAndre Bembry didn't pass to the corner on that look for three? And his answer was, no, I wasn't mad. And I laughed because I could see that he felt bad that he didn't swing it over. But I was kind of like, hey, I was open. You were open. You decided to shoot. Just make that shit next time. And (laughs) I think the, the important point he made was, he said that the reason I don't worry about stuff like that is because I know if my teammates make shots, then I'm going to, it's just going to make me more open mm-hmm. the next time. And that, I think, I think that's just kind of how the night played out. And so when you had other guys contributing, you had Norman Powell, uh, getting points and you had Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam just chipping in here and there. And, I think once it got to a point where it was 35-40, then they're like, okay, we got to really get a hold of Fred. But till that point, it didn't seem like, you know, it's like, oh, we really got to get a hold on Fred. It was like, hey, we just got to come up with a scheme to handle the Raptors offense as a whole because that's the thing that we really can't handle. It wasn't like Fred's just out here, you know, crossing us up nonstop and just getting his shot off. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think credit goes to, to Norm Powell as well in that whole equation too, considering he was the second highest score on the team, 23 in this one. And, you know, the more threats out there, the, the better things are going to be. The bench didn't exactly do a ton to sort of alleviate the pressure. And, you know, there were some hairy moments with the bench in this one. But for the most mm. part, yeah, like the, the way the team operated really did just sort of make it an easy he did he even said as much like it was like no disrespect to the magic but it was pretty easy to score 54 points which is a <laughs> badass quote from fred uh like just rules but was totally true it like felt so within the offense i mean i think maybe there's some disrespect to be given to the magic for what happened in the third quarter near the end where they just kind of lost the rope and it was a close game for you know two and a half quarters and then they kind of opened it up and blew the doors off them. And Fred, I don't know how many like straight layups was it that he just walked into to close that third quarter after hitting all those threes. I mean, the Magic probably could have offered a little bit of extra res- res- resistance there. But yeah, this really was like, uh, it wasn't some ISO heavy, this guy's just like playing hero ball and he's doing everything he can to score and forget whose teammates are. It really did feel very much like a byproduct of a very healthy half-court offense and transition offense, frankly, for the Raptors all night long. So that was awesome. I'm going to play a little game with you right now, Big V. Are you ready? Let's do it. We're going to power for, power rank uh, some whack-ass stats from Fred Van Vliet's game. Uh, yes. So we've got the 54 points. That's pretty cool, I guess. We've got the him shooting 6 of 9 from two-point range, which mm. uh, as we've, we've nice. made the dig, and as John Schumann made the point on Twitter, uh, pretty impressive for him and also very nice, like you said. Uh, you get the three blocks for Fred Van Vliet. Again, pretty ridiculous. You get the 11 threes, one off of Danielle Marshall. Danielle Marshall's record stands. Who knows how much longer it'll stand for, but shout out to Danielle Marshall. By the way, speaking of whack-ass stats, always a good reminder. Uh, one time, Danielle Marshall led the Raptors in win shares for a whole season. So, uh, shout-out to him. Glad his record, in a way, you know, would have been cool to see Fred break it, but glad in a way that his record stands, because it's really fun and weird. Um, so, we've got the 11 threes, and we've also got the 100.1 true shooting percentage, the better-than-Matt-Thomas true shooting percentage from Fred Van Vliet in this game. Let's uh, power rank, those. So, points, uh, two-point shooting, steals, threes made, and 100.1% true shooting. What do you got as your number five on that list? Hold up, hold up. Get, read those out again. This is, okay. This is oh, you're doing a little power? You're writing yeah. them down? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I can't even okay, remember You've got the 54 points. Yep. You've got the six of nine from two for Fred Van Vliet, which, again, yep. pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the three blocks for a man who is, as I tweeted, uh, as tall as my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got the uh, 11 threes made. Pretty cool. Yep. Uh, like, on that, like, the screen cap of the basketball reference sheet of the most threes ever made. He He's on the yep. tail end of that now. Pretty cool. There's the 100.1 uh, true shooting. And, and the 100.1. That's the five stats. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm probably missing something crazy as well from somewhere else, but I, I don't think if, so. So we'll go I don't with know those. if this is Power out there record. on Twitter or anywhere, but is 100.1... It, is that also the highest true shooting percentage ever for a player with at least 50 points? That's a good question. I don't know that. Oh, we could add one more. He just he also with his 54 points, he did pass Moses Malone for the most points the most, by an undrafted yeah. player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go Okay, so you want number 5 first. 
right? Yeah, yeah. We can. How about we just erase the fifty-four points just as a standalone stat, just because that's impressive and probably the number one anyway. Okay. So let's so, just go with the weird, quirky stats. Okay. So the six of nine from from inside two. This is great podcasting. Three blocks. Yeah. Eleven threes. Hundred percent true shooting and fifty-four points passing Moses Malone for the most by an undrafted player. Okay. Passing most. I mean, I feel like it would still have to be okay. So number five first. I will yeah. take uh the three blocks. Cause okay, lo- low key they're still you know a little bit shady. Like Fred said, they're not <laughs> real blocks. They're more you know he he's stripping them. Everyone can see what he's doing. Um, so I'll put that at number five. Though if they're gonna hand him out like that, I actually won't be surprised if he's getting those numbers up i might have to make a, a, a trade on my fantasy team if that's how they're gonna do it <laughs> yeah although I, I mean i guess we could just say six steals too if we wanted to <laughs> assign those blocks to steals right <laughs> um a little less impressive though because again he's uh, a short short man getting three blocks on the no one knows how they came when you look at the stat sheet um so you're putting that five i'm gonna put the three blocks fourth myself i'm gonna put the six of nine from two Mm. because he's uh you know he's amped up that mid-range he didn't really hit any mid-rangers in this one but the six of nine from two is less unheard of at this point so that's my number five with number four being the three blocks so we're just flipping there i I think i got the six of nine is number uh, number four okay let's get to the good shit yes (laughs) uh all right so i will go with Hmm. The eleven threes at number three. Yep. Fitting here. Yep. Just the ho hum eleven threes. Only the yeah. third most absurd thing that happened on the night. Yeah. Might have might have <laughs> might have given it a bit of a bump if he was able to beat Danielle's record too. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out. It's a Shout little bit of a shame it falls short. Yeah. That was a fun night. Yeah. That was a fun night. Yeah, I'll never forget Philly only beginning to guard him after he got the 12-3 and realizing <laughs> that he could break an NBA record, a then-NBA record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, so I've got the threes third, and, man. Yeah, you got Moses I, Malone I, or 100.1 yeah. true shooting. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with the 100.1 true shooting. As number two? Yeah. Or as number one. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go uh, with 100.1 as number two. Mm-hmm. Just because I think there's a lot of big picture stuff with the 54. Yeah. Uh, and so I know we're looking at it f- through the lens of passing Moses as the most for an undrafted player. And that in itself is a ridiculous context, right? Uh-huh. I mean, just his brand alone bet on yourself to go undrafted say hey i'm gonna figure this out go to the 905 work his way in because remember at the time the raptors had kyle lowry Corey joseph delon wright and you're thinking mm-hmm. how do i crack a rotation here and yeah and then he works his way into it and he's looking like he and Pascal are going to have the keys to the franchise for some years to come. And it's going to be pretty awesome based on what we saw tonight, based on what we've seen the last couple seasons. So I'm going to have to go 54 passing Moses number one. Uh, mm-hmm. The 100.1 true shooting. I mean, that's that's no disrespect, no knock. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's all insane. 
It's a, it was just a crazy, crazy night of Raptors basketball. and Truly baffling. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Same ranking, by the way. Uh, you know, uh, maybe this impromptu ranking exercise was not that compelling after all. But we did it anyway, and we highlighted some <laughs> absurd stats. One last thing under the buzzer that Fred accomplished tonight is he forced the Orlando Magic to sign Frank Mason to a two-way deal because they don't have any guards to guard Fred Van Vliet or something. I don't mm. know. <laughs> um, so anyway. I'm looking at something my friend sent over. I am okay. going to make the assumption that it is accurate, uh, it, and it's from the StatMuse website. Okay. The 54 points and 100, so the 100.1 true shooting percentage is indeed the highest true shooting percentage game for anyone with at least 50 points. Wow. So. Just beating Terrence Ross again. Unbelievable. I'm trying to see. Coming from my heart. <laughs> the only thing I can't see here is, you know, if there's, you know, how long this tracks. Because I'm looking yeah, at, yeah. there's Kyrie Irving in second. Uh, there's Dana Barros from 1995. Oh, hell yeah. Third. You got Steph Curry fourth, James Harden fifth, Steph Curry sixth again, Glenn Rice seventh, <laughs> Clay Thompson eighth, James Harden ninth. So that's pretty crazy. Based on what I'm seeing, hopefully my friend is accurate. Well, does I mean, that change it, your it's mind? It's a, it's a does it put him news. ahead of Moses now? Mm, see now, <laughs> now we well, now we've turned up the heat here. We're turning and making making this spicy. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes, Sean. Oh! I'm still gonna go with the most ever by an undrafted player passing right. Moses I freaking Malone. Effect. So there you go. No, 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 no. You did, but disagreement is is the real yeah, core of course. drama. Give, on him, give podcast, him a little so. Stephen A. and yeah. Uh, I think you're ridiculous for using this stat muse page. Blasphemous. What is you're not working looking at graphs watching basketball? What are you what are you? Uh anti Kevin Durant? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Either way, it's all insane. Uh, <laughs> glad we could have this little exercise uh to just talk about how how dumb everything was in the best possible way. Uh we should probably hit on a few other things from this game and sort of what comes next for the Raptors as they uh, have a few days off, as they're, I guess, two days off as they take on the Nets on Friday. Uh, we'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com who are saving you money on car parts all the time. They're a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have got everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked on to there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the car parts you will ever need. rockauto.com The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Vivek, let's wrap this thing up here with a couple straight thoughts on the Raptors' win over the Magic. Again, they pulled a 9-12 and on the season, second straight win. Uh, you know, it's not ever ever encouraging to beat the Magic, especially in the state they're in right now. They uh, must sign Frank Mason to save the season-ass state. It's not great over in Orlando, but two <laughs> wins is two wins. And I don't know. I feel like there were some promising signs from these games, in particular the first one. This one was a little bit too close for comfort for you know, the first two and a half quarters like I talked about. It was a little bit troubling that Fred Van Vliet was like 10 of 11 from three, and the Raptors were up by three points with like five minutes to play in the second. That wasn't great. And then they blew it open, and that was fine. Um, you know, some certainly some notes on the defensive side of the ball to probably nitpick with here. Um, I don't know. Any overarching thoughts, non-Fred Van Vliet division from this game? Nothing major outside of Fred Van Vliet. I think, you know, now just thinking back a bit more on it, the flow of the game, remembering that, you know, it was pretty close going the whole way. I do wonder if the Magic were thinking as the game is progressing, yeah, Fred is getting his, but we're right there. So maybe on some level they just thought that, Hey, let Fred go get his, but if we win the game, it's all good. Obviously, that didn't work out. Uh, but again, you know, I think the overarching thought I would take away is you see Norman Powell back in the rotation. So uh, we're seeing a bit more stability come in and uh, Nick just knowing who he can trust. And we saw, I thought, I thought you know, of the bench pieces, Bembry, again, positive contributor, uh, five assists, five rebounds. So I think he's chipping in and doing exactly what's needed of him. So, yeah, again, I think just this steady progression towards having the rotation down pat and knowing exactly who can be depended on and what role pl- what role players fit into different matchups. I think the Raptors are getting there, man. Seven and four of the last ten games. Uh mm-hmm. And, you know, they're a long way away from that two and eight start. They really are. And, you know, as much as I think there were some quibbles to be had with the defense tonight, I think Chris Boucher, particularly when he came in, I mean, their worst moments were when Boucher and Terrence Davis shared the floor together. Um, Davis mercifully played just seven minutes, didn't do much of anything, was a minus seven, no points. Um, and I think it's a nice and telling sign that Norm comes in and Davis's role kind of evaporates right away. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Boucher, you know, he's still going to be part of the rotation. He's still going to be his erratic self, I'm sure. I, I don't think he'll be as sort of inconsistent and bad as he's been for the last, you know, two weeks now for the rest of time. I think he'll sort of level off and kind of fall somewhere in the middle of what he was to start the season and what he's been lately. But it's nice now knowing that, you know, Aaron Baines can play reasonable minutes and be a plus 25 and 32 minutes and not drag down the team when he's out there because you need to rely on Boucher less when Boucher is the only reliable big man you have that's a problem when he's not then it's a bit more of a luxury to have him around and when he's on he's on and when he's not he's not and that's fine um I think when OG comes back as well it's just gonna obviously sort of solidify things a little bit more and I I think with the main five guys they have there's really no reason to have any less than two of them on the floor at any given time and I feel like there's enough guys that you can kind of throw in to piece in the holes in those transitional lineups that 
I'm feeling quite good about where things can head from here. You know, you have a mix of steady and Benbury and Watanabe and a little bit more exciting in terms of uh, Boucher and, and Norm. And I think that's a nice little mix to have. But like the way Siakam's playing, he only had 12 points in this game, missed some bunnies. But again, I thought he was pretty good. Playmaking wise, didn't force the issue, which is a, a nice change that he's had this season to last. Kyle continues to be awesome. 14, 10, and 10. 17th triple-double as a Raptor. Very cool stuff. I, I just, you know, things are falling into place, as we've said a few times recently. Even with the most recent spat of losses, things have still mostly outside of the Kings game, frankly, have looked pretty all right. And I feel pretty good. And I honestly, you know, Blake made this point after the game and, you know, just kind of pointed out, like, it's it's hard to overstate just how much the Raptors needed something like this. Just like a really good thing to rally around, just a fun thing that can kind of boost morale and make the dregs of a Tampa season feel a little bit less dreggy. I don't know. Like Nick Norris was talking before the game about 72 road games, man. I don't even know what day it is, what time it is, what <laughs> game it is, but um, you know, hopefully this type of thing kind of offers something to rally around a little bit and they can kind of rise. I don't I mean, I don't necessarily believe in momentum necessarily, but I do believe in vibes and <laughs> this should improve the vibes of the team that have been slowly on the incline since the first part of the season where they were notably very, very bad. I'm with you on all of that, man. And I think we're seeing more and more the values of just plugging away and trying to be a good team as opposed to going the other way. That's uh, as simply as I'll put it. Yeah, no, tanking's bad. Uh, <laughs> they're way too good to tank, as it turns out. And you have Fred Van Vliet, you're not tanking. I don't know, what, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Utah. It's the, the goddamn king. Yeah, <laughs> they're just... Uh, they're too good. I just want to pull up one sec here, uh, just to kind of double check where they're at in terms of the, um, you know, the overall numbers situation as they continue to climb up. They currently sit 15th in defensive rating after tonight. Their offense continues to be surprisingly good. They're up to 12th, and net rating wise, they're 13th, 1.6 uh, positive net rating. They're well on their way to being a uh, a good positive. Uh, probably passing the Hawks and Pacers at some point here kind of team, which is nice to see. Anyway, that feels like a good place to leave this one. I got to go to bed, man. Uh, <laughs> it's All late right. and uh, I'm sleepy. So we'll wrap it there. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Man, I do. North Courts comes out tomorrow, Wednesday. Hell Whenever yeah. This, yeah. Uh, it'll be the first episode. It's me, Javon Shepard and Megan McPeak talking everything Canadian basketball excited for it to air and uh showcase a lot of great stories across the country and canadians who are playing outside of uh, you know north america as well so it's gonna be fun looking forward to it and hope you'll check it out yeah absolutely i'm very very excited i'm it's a shame that you weren't included in the promotional video with javon as he was uh ken and jimmy's feel like you could uh, it's a shame there. for everyone also, else canon jimmy's <laughs> to just uh you know laugh hysterically at my <laughs> emphatically inferior ball skills compared to javon shepherd yeah the thing with javon uh past and future guest on this podcast is uh i, I when i was working with him in the cbl in the off season i i just i made many jokes about how how i could definitely beat him one-on-one -on -one, and then i just never was in a situation where i had to prove it so that, that's canon. Is I can beat Javon Shepard at basketball. It's clear, obvious. It's a truth. Um, 
You can do it too, man. I, be- I believe in you. He's not a 12-year <laughs> pro or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, everyone should go watch uh, North Courts. Is that what you said it's called? Yeah. Correct. I'm not making that up? Yeah, of course. I'm, I, I knew that. I'm sorry for having any sort of questioning of it. Um, that is going to do it for this episode. Find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Uh, sorry if this was a frantic episode. My brain is goo, and I'm here doing it, battling through the goo because of Fred. Because Fred's awesome, mm. and what a freaking fun game, and a really nice boost. Uh, on a day where the NBA leaning into this idiotic uh, all-star plan that nobody seems to want really had me feeling down about the league and just like watching basketball and kind of feeling like it's a job and not a thing I like, uh, this really lifted the spirits. I still, for the record, think the NBA is doing a very stupid, irresponsible thing with this all-star thing. But the Raptors offered a bit of a salve, which is uh, always very lovely to see. Anyway, we'll be back again on Wednesday with that episode featuring Chris and Evan from Lockdown Cavs and Andre Drummond Talk and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you then with another episode of Lockdown Raptors. Now, go listen to Lockdown Magic as our pal Philip Rossman Reich uh, talks about Fred Van Vliet from a different perspective. Probably also just uh, in absolute awe of the 54 points. 54 points! Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 